This episode of The Brand Lounge is kindly sponsored by Women Who Do Be Bold Conference 2021. The Be Bold Conference is being held online on Wednesday the 10th and Thursday the 11th, November 2021, and is packed full of purpose and passion led by female entrepreneurs who are all masters of their craft. A dreamy balance of business and well-being with 10 interactive workshops, including one being hosted by me, Tammy, on behalf of my business, Podcast Media. I'll be teaching you how to build podcasting into your marketing plan and use my favorite platform for business growth. So tickets are available over at womenwd.co.uk and you can use the code TAMMYVIP, which is T-A-M-M-I-V-I-P, for £5 off the price of your ticket. So pause this episode right now, go and grab your ticket, and I will see you there. Massive thank you to Women Who Do for sponsoring this episode. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to encourage you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined by the delightful Emma Downey, creative marketing consultant and founder of Women Who Do Network, Podcast and Conference. Welcome back to the show, Emma. Oh, thanks for calling me delightful. That's a bit cute. If they've just listened to the other episode, they'll be like, she is not delightful. <laughs> which is a great segue to say in the last episode (laughs) Emma and I talked about women only business groups the role that they play the taboo subject of whether they can be considered sexist whether that's actually a bad thing and a whole host of other things to do with the way that genders are perceived and treated and our experiences in the business place so be sure to pop that one on your playlist next grab a cup of tea before you tune in it's it's a it's a juicy one but be sure to check it out but today Emma we're talking all about you and your business so let's take it back to where we first started where you first started so why why did you start your business why did you choose to become an entrepreneur okay so I have always known ever since I was little that I wanted to own my own business that probably comes first and foremost from this thing where I just really don't like being told what to do so um, I always knew I wouldn't work very well with a boss so in school um, I would always clash with the teachers when I started working you know there would be occasions where I would clash with managers because I don't like this tiered management level system that we seem to have in a lot of businesses. I like things to be on an equal playing ground where you work together as a team towards the greater good. I don't enjoy the power struggle of management and mid-level management. It's just, it's not for me. I think we're all here to do a job. A lot of us are really passionate about our careers and about what we do. um, And we should be allowed to do that without anybody asking us how long we've been to the toilet for or what time we should take our lunch break or why we're two minutes late even though we worked 40 million hours this week already and it's only Tuesday so I always knew I was going to own my own business that being said I never really knew what I wanted to do I've had a really privileged 
career in that I was afforded a lot of lucky opportunities just for being in the right place at the right time and being a gobby Plymouthian um, seems to work quite well for me. So I finally got into marketing when I was, oh goodness me, maths, 12 years ago. So let's do that maths first. So maybe I was 22. I'm 34 this year, 12 years ago. Is that right? 21, 22? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah so then I started working my way up the career ladder I've always been a career girl I've always loved being at work in some form I'm a Scorpio so when I find something I love and I'm passionate about uh, it doesn't go anywhere I am then addicted to that thing and work was the thing that I was really addicted to and I never I never got very well-paid jobs because I always just went for stuff that just wasn't well-paid but just sounded amazing um I moved to Winchester for a job I worked in my job I absolutely loved it you know I moved city for it I really enjoyed it and then towards the end before I left I enjoyed it a lot less um and that is because of the the management thing and um a particular member of staff was incredibly bullying and that his department had lost a lot of staff and he was not a nice human and I did not want to work there anymore it was really affecting my mental health and so I rage quit um it was two weeks (laughs) after I just moved into a very expensive flat with my boyfriend our first little flat renting together and um I rage quit in the middle of a meeting literally had like I had bits of paper and I was like I quit and like I was like main character vibes of a rom-com all the way and then I left the building and rang my partner in floods of tears like I've just quit my job side note now you're gonna have to pay all the bills for us to live I'm really sorry about that so then I was faced with this thing so women who do had already been going for about eight months so I was running women who do alongside this job and women who do started because I just moved to Winchester as I said and you know I didn't have any friends and I googled how to make friends Um, and they were like oh join this thing called meetup which I did and that was great I met a couple of friends but I wanted to keep meeting more people and I thought you know what networking is the way to do it I'm I'm really confident I can walk into pretty much any situation and um, chat chat away and make friends with people so I went to this networking it's called Winchester Young Professionals networking group so it was at the Hotel Devon I remember it very clearly and I wore my jeans trainers and a Mickey Mouse hoodie because I am a Disney fan like big big time Disney fan even though people apparently find that really cringy like adult Disney fans are like really cringy I don't know who those people are but you do you I mean if it's something that you enjoy go for it no I don't really get it but anyways um so I rocked up in my Mickey Mouse jumper ready to meet some friends and I walked in and the first group well first of all everyone was in suits okay I am talking a sea of gray navy blue and black suits like there was literally no one and I had space buns and a Mickey Mouse jumper and all the girls were in heels and I'm five foot so I could not have felt any more like a tiny out of place troll than I did when I walked into that garden so I was passed a glass of champagne which is great for me a little bit of liquid luck and I walked over to the first group which was all guys and I don't know what it is about my personality but I find those situations really like existentially hilarious because I'm so aware that I'm the only girl and also in the Mickey Mouse jumper and they're all guys and they're clearly like accountants and lawyers by the way I am with my partner is a lawyer so I can bash lawyers and it's okay but basically like all all of these very like straight laced guys and I was like hi 
like 52 octaves above what they're actually used to, like making dogs bark. I was like, hi everyone, I'm Emma. And you could literally see in my head, like computing how to deal with me. And one guy started talking about his job and it was to do with helicopters. And I made an inappropriate joke, in hindsight inappropriate, about helicopters and something to do with helicopters, which did not go down very well. As soon as I'm with guys, I feel like I need to like have like lad banter. And in that particular instance, it didn't go very well. And I admit that. And I probably will never do that again. That was fine. I was like, that's okay. They're not my people. And I noticed a huddle of women. I was like, there's my people. Because I'm on my own. I'm clearly out of place. I've just made a terrible joke. They will see me, feel sorry for me, and want to be friends with me. So I walked over. And I'm not even joking. (laughs) There was a spot for me to walk into and the spot slowly closed so that I was on the outside of the circle. And I tried to do like, you know, when you've seen it in movies and they're like the like main woman characters, like, or just like gonna Bridget Jones style, like, like get into the circle. So I tried to do that and they wouldn't let me in. And I was like, this is singly the most embarrassing networking moment of my life. And I have had a few of those. I was like, okay. I walked out and I was just like, so I had a group of guys that just didn't want to talk to me. And I had a group of women who totally dismissed me. How is that a thing that happens? Like, how is that okay? And then I had been to another networking event and I walked in and it was mixed again. And every single person wanted to ask me how much money I made, who my biggest client was, um, how, like all of this stuff. And I was just like, mate, I literally like have made about a hundred pounds this last few months. Like, why are you asking me all these questions? Like, no, I don't make any flipping money. Leave me alone. Why are you asking me? No, stop. Like, who's your biggest client? I was like, my local yoga studio. <laughs> it was horrendous. So I walked out and I was like, I'm doing my own networking group. I've had enough. These are my values. I want collaborative, supportive, empowering network for women where there's no judgment, open conversations, and everyone is welcome to come in and join. So that was my my train of thought. And within two weeks, I had my brand, my website, my logo, my first event booked and sold out, and I was ready and raring to go. So that is a long-winded way of how I started my business. It's a beautiful way of it, though. I think that the story, it, it really helps to sell the context behind it. And I totally get it. It's that whole, I can't find something that I need. So I'm just going to create it. And I love that. I love that innovative and entrepreneurial spirit, because, you know, that's, that's the way that I love to approach the world as well. And it's wonderful to hear your story. I knew that you would rage quit. So spoilers, listeners, I've been to quite a few women who do events. I absolutely love them. I've met clients there. One of my best friends was a client from women who do. So it's one of those things that it's an event that a a networking group that's very close to my heart. My, My networking experience I always assumed it was going to be exactly like you've explained it. But I think that I'm very fortunate that when I started my business was almost seems to coincide with the time that Hampshire Women in Business, Women Who Do and a few others were all being created. So I didn't actually have an experience like yours until a couple like a year or so into my business because I found you and I found others who created these wonderful events so that I didn't have to go through that. But the, um, yeah, the suited and booted networking events, I feel like it's a rite of passage. And I'm just grateful that yours, as horrific as it was, 
and I won't ask you to share the helicopter joke but I can kind of guess it took me a minute but I'm very grateful that it it was what inspired you to kind of create your business so when you when you rage quit from your job did you have any inkling that your what your business or even when you were when you were younger and you're like I'm going to own my own business one day did you have any inkling what that business was going to be was it always going to be a network or did that kind of take you by surprise as well yes such a good question so also just to to fill everyone in on the full business owning thing so um obviously I had had women who do was up and running already when I did raise quit rage quit although it wasn't making any money and then I went into marketing consultancy which is where I get my bread and butter from and I'm incredibly incredibly grateful and lucky I have amazing clients and I've built my marketing consultancy around my life. So my life doesn't function around my business. My business fits in around my life. Um, and that is done with purpose because I want to enjoy, you know, every day. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want anything bad to ever happen to me and for me to regret not living my life to the full. So I think I always knew I was going to have some form of a marketing business when I got into marketing. I And it even varies now. Some days I'm really happy that it's just me and I'm just working with the clients I love working with and saying no to work is really empowering and I love that I'm in that position. Other days, you know, I've got this massive, great big team of like 50 employees and everybody has the best day at work every day. So that completely changes on my mood. I didn't know I was going to have a female networking group because when you're a child, that's not a thing. Like, I don't even think you're really that aware of gender in terms of like gender. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I didn't come into my kind of peripheral of what I thought I was going to do. Even I would say in my early 20s, even though I was stepping into my feminism and my voice, you know, I had I had always been a feminist and had always felt very, very strongly about disadvantaged um, and abused marginalised groups, but always hid it. And um, because whenever I did voice it, the old, like, you know, you're really emotional and you're you're this horrible bra-burning feminist. Side note, I actually hardly ever wear bras, but that's nothing to do with being a feminist. It's just because I don't like bras. Yeah, free the nipple is how I feel. It's like probably my quote in life. It's like my thing. Yeah, so I, so it wasn't until I was in my mid-twenties and I began to get more and more angry that I decided to do something about it rather than just ranting on Facebook. Which is great. It shows that, you know, it's that whole thing that we were talking about last time as well, which is taking the action on the things that you want to change. So yeah, I love the fact that that's very much a part of your business journey as well. So after after you rage quit your job, I just, I love that. I love the fact that it was like papers in the air, proper, you know, I am done with all of this. (laughs) What did the first few days look like for you? Shit myself. Because I, so I handed in my notice very quickly when I left my job. And I know those first few days, I was just like, it was a sense and it was a massive combination of such relief, like this massive pressure had been lifted off of me. But at the same time, it was like, I could see a whole new pressure on the horizon of the implications and the consequences of the action that I'd just chosen to take. So I was just wondering if you could kind of talk through how you got yourself started with your marketing consultancy alongside kind of managing women who do and looking at that in a new way because there will be other people out there who are like I've just rage quit my job what do I do (laughs) yeah I think you can just panic because that that's fine like panic is like totally acceptable in a circumstance and actually 
I know like a lot of the time that um, a lot of women that come along to the networking groups are like, oh, I'm in this job and I absolutely hate my job and I want to leave and I want to start my own business. I'm always like, oh my God, I will help you write your resignation letter. Like I will sit down with you and help you write it, but I will now never really advocate anyone just ready to quit their jobs. It feels amazing in the moment because you really do feel main character vibes and that like stays with you but please also remember you have to work your month's notice which is awkward I didn't you didn't do it yeah I did I did I didn't apologize and they asked me they asked so that was on the Friday and I went back in on the Monday with my handwritten resignation um, and I dated it for the Friday as well which is a ballsy move um, and they they asked me whether I wanted to really do it and if I or if I wanted to stay and I was like you've made this workplace so toxic for me that I wouldn't stay if you doubled my money. Like I just wouldn't because I value my life more than I freaking value working for some. Anyway, I don't want them to see me. So (laughs) So in that month, in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a couple of months to get my head around what I've done and not put too much pressure on myself. I want to caveat this, but I have no responsibility for any other humans or living creatures. I don't have children. So if I had had children, that would have been an entirely different scenario. And I never, ever would have rage quit. Like it would have had to be horrendously bad for me to make that decision. Also coming back to how much privilege I have as a white female, you know, lots of women of color cannot rage quit their jobs because actually access to jobs are so much harder so you know I'm talking from a place of privilege and also the fact that my incredibly lovely sweet boyfriend who I had been having this breakdown leading to this for about six to eight months where I was like really sad every single day like I'd wake up and just be in floods of tears I'm not an anxious person and that job gave me anxiety like it actually made me I still have that anxiety today it never went away I still deal with that and I was one of those people that was just always happy and always sunny and never felt any lack of confidence like I am basically I had basically all the traits of a really hot white buff Wall Street banker who I just thought I was owed like I just thought the world was my oyster and I could get anything and everything I wanted I had that level of confidence and then this job like a really horrible partner like bit by bit broke that away from me and then I ended up just being like this shell of sadness I was like a sad little empty tortoise shell just there and we had had the conversation about me quitting my job and he's like I fully support you I think you should do that I think what we need to do is sit down and have a conversation about how we are going to afford for you to do that and I was like yes that was on the Wednesday and I quit on the Friday so I took what he said and I re it yeah for myself and I was like well he's gonna be he's obviously like he's for it like we don't need to have the, like we're gonna have the conversation but it's gonna happen so it may as well just happen today when I'm angry so he he actually did pay our bills and like our living expenses for I don't really know how long for like five or six months bless him what a little soldier and deal dealing with my daily feminist rants as well like he is an absolute like top-notch guy so so yeah and and I didn't have any savings which is also guys can I just really implore here for all I say like don't chase money chase your dreams 100% don't chase money and chase your dreams but do like maybe put a little bit aside just in case you want to quit your job Uh, so I didn't have any savings which was really naughty but again I was really lucky I didn't know what I was doing I just threw myself into it and if you feel like you want to rage quit your job then I feel like you need to find a support network I feel like you need to go out and find some people who can hold your hands and then also side note funny story so I had built up this amazing 
my first day as a freelancer as a business owner it was a Friday again so I woke up really early I was like I'm gonna do like the miracle morning I'm gonna go out on my bike ride come back do meditation and then I'm gonna like go and be this amazing business owner and my boyfriend was getting ready for work and I went into our spare room and lifted up my bike to go on this bike ride which by the way I never freaking do so that was the vibes I was going with that day lifted it up and twisted it and something in my back was like and then I had the worst like back problem ever I was in so much pain that I had to spend the entire day on the floor my boyfriend had to call my doctor and get a prescription from Tesco which was like 15 minutes drive away from where we were living at the time like he had to call his work and be like yeah I can't come in because my dumbass girlfriend just picked up a bike and now she's on the floor and she can't move and if she wets herself we have to go to the hospital because that's what the doctor said. So she, he had to go. Anyway, it was this big thing. So my first day as a freelancer was rubbish. It was such an anticlimax. I was just like, brilliant. This is my life now. Okay, cool. So how have things progressed since then? Yeah, so obviously it was only up from there. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just feel like I don't want to interrupt any of these conversations because they're just so good. <laughs> so glad I'm right. My shit show of life is so entertaining. This is the thing, like, this is what I don't get. And this, I think it comes through on women who do as well. Like, we are not about that picture perfect business life. That is not what we're about. We are about just as much of about the, the lows as we are the highs. And I think people get that because I'm such a hot mess every day. And I share so much of that because I never want people to feel like they have to have their shit together in order to be a successful business owner. Like, I cannot stress this enough to you (laughs) how much of an unorganized mess I am most days and how much like just generally if somebody was to walk into my business they would just be like there's in fact I have a VA who I've been working with now for about five months she's an absolute star light of my life if I you know I would dump my boyfriend and marry her if I could she's just incredible and she has changed the business in such a great way because she I have all of the ideas and the creativity and the passion and the drive she has all of like the brains to put it all together in a really functioning normal business sort of way so that's been really really integral for the business growth and also it's no it's no secret that I fell out of love with women who do in 2019 it wasn't making any money I was under a lot of pressure from people in the community that weren't entirely understanding what we were about and wanted a lot from me and I was like I'm one person in this business that makes zero money that I pay it you know if you looked at the maths I would be paying people to go to networking because it doesn't make any money and I was subsidizing it for my agency and I felt People kept talking about how much money to make. They kept saying I had to show up on Instagram every day to do this, to do that and blog every day and have all this stuff. And and as a marketer, I understand all of that. But as a business owner, it was totally draining. And even now in my marketing stuff, when I when I do workshops about social media, my main thing is like, never feel like you have to show up every day. If you don't want to show up on Instagram stories and post every day, just don't do it. Why are you bothering, babe? Because nothing's going to, you can never beat the algorithm. It just doesn't happen. So you just do what you enjoy. Just do what you feel intuitive, like you want to do, because it doesn't matter because you can't, it's just, it's Instagram. Like who cares? Channel your creativity in a place 
that's going to help you grow your business and not make you feel shit about yourself didn't answer the question I know and I went off on a tangent and I'm sorry (laughs) you're fine I'm going to change the question so I'm going to ask the question because we talked quite a lot about some of the challenges that you've overcome both from your corporate world and then the development of the business the financial challenges that you faced as well but when it comes to successes that have been like key moments that have really helped shape you as a business owner and you as a and your business itself or your businesses plural are there any that really spring to mind that you're like yes that was a moment where I was just like this is incredible I think the fact that I had made the decision to go traveling last year with my partner that we but we bought a van and we converted it and as a couple we decided to go around Europe yes everyone terrible timing but we put a lot of poor Rupert savings into this van and we had literally nowhere to live we moved out of our flat put everything into storage I had closed up shop with women who do from falling out of love with it and it just felt like I needed to do that um, I had ran down my marketing clients he had quit his job as a lawyer we had moved into his mum and dad's for like two weeks to finish the van off and then the world went into lockdown we hadn't like literally we had no real choice and then in June when the borders opened we got in the van and we got the feck out of here and I'm not sorry about it because (laughs) I'm 33 he's how old is he 30 we don't have a family we're not married we basically spent our wedding fund on this van we had no jobs and no income and we had pinned all of our next year of life on this thing that we wanted to do and it was the now or never type thing mm-hmm. and we had to do it and we did and I'm so glad we did and it was the most incredible experience and being able to fall back in love with something that I was so passionate about and was such a huge part of me as a person and as, as my personality was such an amazing incredible thing like if I had stayed in the UK and continued working I would have never fallen back in love with the women who do it would have never ever evolved into what it is now like the business has grown the most is ever grown like if you were to add up 2017 to the start of 2020 and put it in comparison to the last seven months that we've had it is just two completely different businesses like I've invested big chunks of money into it it has allowed me this huge space of confidence that I feel like I'm making really big bold business decisions which is like our whole bloody ethos guys like I'm the person that tells everyone else to make bold decisions and yeah I was being such a pussy and not making any of my own bold decisions now that's changed so I think that was probably my turning point in my business where I was just like Emma you're freaking awesome let's just absolutely rock this and now every single day I'm just like girl no because it's so funny I think when you're the person that's telling everyone else how awesome they are I think you forget to tell yourself because nobody else is telling you because you're telling everyone else and there's no room for you to go off and find that from somewhere else there's no one else being like well done you've done a really good job today and I have tried a lot more this year to be like girl you are smashing it and the conference happened when the conference happened and we had 50 odd speakers apply I honest goodness I was just in the kitchen with my hands on the head like how are 50 individual women want to like speak at this thing that I've literally just decided sat on the toilet I was like I'm gonna do a conference and Rupert was like okay and then it was there and we had it and then people wanted to be part of it so I mean yeah I I just I can't remember what the question was (laughs) just key moments and successes I think that we've covered it it's awesome (laughs) 
Those are the ones. <laughs> well, we've talked a lot about the business and the way that the business is developed. And then the next bit that I love to dig into is kind of how your brand has developed over time. So let's start with your business name. So how did you go about choosing the business name of Women Who Do? Okay, so I believe there are two types of people. So there are the types of people that will agonize over something and they will hit the nail on the head eventually and it will be really powerful and amazing. But they will take a longer time making the decision. And then there's me. And I am the most impatient person ever. So I was like, I want to do this thing. And I know that I need a brand and I've never done brand before. So I wrote down some names and then I just was like that one. And then I text my family WhatsApp and I was like, how about women who do? And like two of them, two out of the three were like, yeah, that's good. And one of them was like, no, it's rubbish. And I was just like, I'm going with it. And then I completely made a logo out of nowhere. I was like, it feels like it should be a W. And then I built a website from scratch, which I'd never done before. And then I just went with it. That was it. That was it. That was it. I just, I was so excited about having coffee with my new business friends that everything else was, was sort of secondary to that. I think that that's a really wonderful and freeing and kind of valid way of doing it though I think that agonizing over a business name can really trip a lot of people up it tripped me up for many many years from ever considering anything else so I love the fact that you're just like fish bash bosh done let's move and I feel like women yeah. who do fully encompasses that kind of energy that you have where it's just like we just get shit done <laughs> yeah we do what I would say though is that had I've taken the time to to really go through it and you know and and think about it I probably would have felt more aligned with the brands and it would have felt more I would have felt more like proud of it whereas whereas I've always you know I've done what three different variations of the brands over the last four years and I'm always tinkering with it because it never quite sits right although that is soon going to change but yeah I mean I feel like I I wish I had given a little bit more time to it and also I've always really struggled with you know how my my one minute elevator pitch is a mess it's never the same it's all over the place and I never really know what I'm saying but yeah I I think I probably need to work that out after four or five years of being a business owner and your marketing consultancy because you've mentioned that we've talked about it quite a bit I know that you do marketing as well but what what do you do you have a business name for that do you use your name what was your choices around that so when I first started um my very first like marketing website it was called mustard scarf marketing because I had this beautiful mustard scarf that I always used to wear with my navy coat and everyone used to be like oh I love your scarf so I was basically thinking I was like confessions of a shopaholic when she's got the green scarf so I was like that's basically me but mustard and people will get that so I designed a logo did a website and then after two weeks I was like I hate this this sucks why did I think this would be good I'm starting from scratch so I was designing my website I decided to just call it my name designing my website I'm a really big fan of Nicki Minaj I love her I'm a really really big fan of Cardi B I love her and I was listening to that albums on repeat for creativity purposes and I took one of Cardi B's album covers and dropped it into a color picker and then I picked three of the colors from the album as my brand and then that stayed that way and then I updated my brand last month um just to feel more in line with where I was but yeah I mean to be honest with you with the marketing consultancy stuff I don't market it I because I only really get referrals and that's all I really need so I'm not looking to I don't want to take on any more work with it because I don't want to (laughs) fair enough (laughs) so it's not really like it's there 
like I have a website is there but it's not like a brand like the way women who do is a brand okay cool that's yeah it's interesting and I love the fact that you've got the two different businesses that are working slightly differently within the branding context but both of them still need to align to you as a business owner so when you've talked about that kind of disconnection that you've had with your branding and you said that things are changing and by all means say if you can't talk about this because if this is future plans that you don't want to talk about that's totally fine but when it comes to your branding have you invested in like your brand strategy or your visual identity is that something that you're looking to do in the future and kind of your thinking around why that was or was not a priority when it came to actually the creation side of your business yeah, so we, I say we, it's just me, I am um, investing at the moment on um, various different parts of my brand identity and how, you know, the logo and the colours and all of that kind of thing. And that's been working on that for the last three months with a really lovely brand designer that um, has done a lot of very similar work for similar target audiences. And, you know, she sends over the concept, the concepts and I'm always just like, shit, that is a little bit closer to exactly what I imagined this brand would look like. I always say it's like um, Boss Babe and the Women's Institute have had a baby and that's what I want women who do to be like. You know, we're, as we're going into 2022, we're going to be talking so much more about not just business. Wellbeing has always been a huge part of what we are and who we are. Like those have always been the two, our two main content pillars have been around well being and business and how important it is to look after your well-being and obviously the conference in November has two separate days one for business one for well-being but going into 2022 we are going to have a much louder voice and we're going to be opening up so many other spheres of this brand the brand is really stepping up I feel like I feel like since 2017 it's always just been this thing that Emma does like it's always been Emma is the brand and women who do is like the the place that people meet whereas now we're going to be stepping up so the brand so so for context basically we've been in this position before so in 2019 when I started hating women who do the brand was 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 played a part in that as well but also it had outgrown me it had outgrown me and I had to make a decision whether I wanted to take the next step or take my foot off the accelerator and because I'd fallen out of love with it I decided to take my foot off the accelerator and it's frustrating for me because I felt like something I was really passionate and in love with had been kind of tainted by bad experiences so taking that year away from it it was just gosh it was such an incredible thing to have done and I've come back into it and I'm ready to now put everything at it so I only work three days a month for my consultancy and every other day is spent working on women who do and I've never ever 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 dedicated this much time to it um so we have a shop launching we've got the workshop collaborations happening at 2022 we've got our policy group that I mentioned in the other episode happening in 2022 we've got all of this amazing stuff coming to us and I just want the brand to be you know I want it to be so irresistible and gorgeous and powerful and just have such an encompassing impact on on a woman's life like I want us to be the place where people come to feel good and to feel empowered and to speak to experts but also you know to to download meditations and to join the local support group where we're going to be talking about sustainability or whatever it is or to get involved with a march that we're organizing in Bristol or whatever and then also because we're franchising next year I needed a brand people would feel proud to be part of and I didn't feel like the current brand we have now if you look at it now I didn't feel like it's there 
Um, so at the end of this brand review, I feel like it's something that people are going to be excited and want to be part of. Amazing. Oh, it's so exciting to, as someone who has seen it grow and then it kind of scale back and now to see it kind of flourishing again, it's so exciting to see where it goes next because you know, I mean, there's no doubt that you've got so much passion for it. And I love the fact that you have found your rhythm with how much time and space you want to dedicate to it, but also having clarity around the fact that it's an action taking brand as opposed to more of a potentially a passive brand in the in the past. So yeah, I'm excited to see what comes next. How cool. So I would guess my next question is kind of around bits from you and your view of your business. So what would you say is your favorite part of your business? Oh my gosh, 100% meeting people. Like meeting people like you, Tammy. Do you know what? It's just, there's nothing more rewarding than having like a really flipping deep conversation with someone. And just like, I am 100% all about like spirituality. I am a tarot reading, crystal loving, incense burning hippie. I love that shit. When I meet someone and I feel like they're always totally aligned with mine, their energy I'm just loving, to be surrounded by that in your business, is so incredible like there is hardly any other jobs or businesses out there where you get to be the person who not only meets people and forges these amazing connections but also is the person to facilitate that for other people as well so you know I think it's just such a a rewarding thing to do and I love it I love it when people reach out to me and then they become friends it makes me really happy on the inside amazing I can't I can see why you started a networking focused business to start with so I guess my next question and I'm really curious to hear your thoughts about this one because of your love of networking but also because you're a marketing consultant and a marketing specialist but what would you say has been your most effective or your favorite method of marketing to grow your business that's a really good question. So newsletters um, are really great. Do you know what? I don't want to say social media because I don't like social media. I've really fallen out of love with it. I find it as an incredibly toxic place to be, apart from Pinterest, which I love, by the way, and TikToks, as I mentioned for the puppies. But, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they are just the deepest, darkest holes of shite in the world. And I just hate them. I knew that it was going to be that way because, it, you know, every every element of my life is dictated by social media. And I put so much into this. And now I just think I've just pulled back on it all because I do not want that to be how we like it just isn't fitting me as a person, as a business owner. And, you know, I I hope that I come out the back end of that and that I start and have a bit of a better relationship with Facebook because I do think it was a really great platform for other people to be able to engage and network. So I don't want to say that that's the best way for my business. Unfortunately, I think probably the majority of people find me through Facebook and Instagram so that's that Uh, so I can't actually just close my accounts on there but email marketing in terms of conversions is always my best like if I post an event on Instagram Facebook my conversions are nothing compared to if I send out a newsletter to my email subscribers and the podcast is just for me that's just for shits and giggles and doesn't really do anything but I just really love doing it (laughs) I think it all comes together doesn't it and I think it used to be up until even fairly recently that social media was the one that had the focus and then everything else was on the peripherals whereas now I'm noticing much more of a trend that you're that 
businesses are prioritizing other content like newsletters and podcasts and blog posts and then the social media supports that instead of it being the other way around and I don't know whether it's an age thing I don't know whether it's a business age thing like as your business ages you find other ways of doing it but yeah I'm I'm with you I mean everything that we talked about in the last one around social media being this high pressure hustle inducing horrifically toxic place not always not all social platforms but there is kind of this feeling around it and this immense pressure that we put on ourselves to do it and keep it up whereas now if you do get better conversions with a well-crafted email that takes so much pressure off of you and is such a personal connection and yeah I mean I love podcasts there's a reason I have one there's a reason I now have a podcast agency like I feel like this is definitely a way that is great to connect because I mean let's be fair as someone who likes to rant quite a lot, I can't imagine that the social caption limit is really your friend when it comes to actually getting your point across. <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating, isn't it? Like I get into such a good flow and I get to the end and it's like, oh no, you reached your limit. And I'm like, yeah, you're telling me I've reached my limit. This is the way we're here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and we. so I wrote a manifesto for women who do at the beginning of the year and some of that was about social media and how we engage with it one of the things I did at the start of January one of our main things was ditching filters so when I do stories when I do Instagram lives I never ever use the filter anymore and do you know what I don't go out of my way to go and put my like today in this I know that we're being recorded now and I normally before I had my fan life finding myself at um, epiphany I would have doled myself up to the nines but a year of not showering properly will do that to you (laughs) you just think actually it doesn't really matter everything I say now is going to be the exact same whether I had a face of makeup or not and either face of makeup or no face of makeup it's still glorious so why does why am I stressing myself out about this and the same with Instagram you know I'm surrounded by these amazing women but also I'm surrounded by a lot of accounts that are flawless beautiful and flawless like skin flawless no blemishes and I've got like really blonde eyelashes and eyebrows so I always look like I don't have any eyelashes and eyebrows and that's really I like I used to feel really self-conscious about that and then I just thought I'm put this no one else is putting this pressure on me you know they're going about doing their thing that makes them happy and I'm putting my pressure on me the beginning of the year I ditched filters and I said if I want to do an Instagram live and I don't have makeup on I'm gonna do it anyway like I'm not gonna go and get my makeup out and put loads of makeup on and then do it I'm just gonna do it and I tell you what the most empowering thing I've done with my business it makes your content so much easier and quicker because it is I'm still in that space where it's like I don't feel comfortable going on and doing like an impromptu story without putting some form of makeup on it's my comfort blanket I also love wearing makeup I love doing my makeup I find it super relaxing but yeah I can imagine that from a from a business point of view it's just like oh I'm just gonna hop on stories now and I'm gonna hop on stories whereas for me it's like should I hop on stories how much effort is this gonna be oh my goodness so it's refreshing and wonderful to hear that there is more of this move towards again it's that whole living the values of being authentic isn't it it's taking the action to make the change so yeah yeah and I just don't want anyone to I don't want anyone to feel like women who do contribute to anybody else's levels of insecurity and it and that's in any form of what we do that's not like to do with us like always thinking that we need to appear, appear flawless and stories but I can't stand here and and want to empower women and then also contribute 
contribute to all of the things that they struggle with and that don't, that don't empower them to, to live their best lives, you know? And that comes all the way down to how we talk about money, um, how, we, how we talk about working and the workload and how we talk about building businesses as a brand. We value people's confidence and self-esteem far way and above we value what society takes to us a successful business looks like we want it to be a safe space for you whether you are coming to an in-person event that feeling we want to emulate on our website and on our instagram and on any touch point you have with us we never want you to feel like any decision or choice that you make is the wrong decision because of what other people are telling you to do and that's a really cool integral part of our brand amazing i absolutely love that so let's wrap up this episode from everything that you've experienced from your brand story and your business journey what would be the one key piece of advice that you'd like to share with the listeners oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) it's a big question I know but it's one of those that I just really like whenever we have these conversations there are so many different points and views and elements of experience that you've gone through that it's just helpful to kind of summarize like if someone was there like it's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. But what can I do to go away now and take action on? What would you say? I would make sure that your brand and your business is always serving you as a human person and that you are never working for your brand, that your brand is always working you so never develop something thinking that that's what you want other people to see or hear or feel unless that's really in line with what you want for yourself and that probably starts with you know when you're first starting your business listing your values like what do you care about as a person and what does your business care about as a person and how is that in a hierarchy like what's your top thing your non-negotiable value and what are things that have room for flexibility those are probably that would probably be my like main tip and also do you know what just freaking do it anyway like just do it your brand evolves over time like the most important thing is that you just chase your dreams guys okay don't let anything hold you back and your brand will follow you yep absolutely absolutely your brand starts with you and that includes the dreams and the lifestyle that you want to have so your business needs to support that otherwise you're never going to be able to feel that success that you want to feel so yeah brilliant absolutely love that so where can the listeners find more of you online okay so you can come and find me at our website www.womenwd.co.uk we're also on instagram facebook twitter tiktok linkedin (laughs) all of the places even though i hate social media come and find me and um if you found us from this podcast come and drop me a message because i would really do you know what i'm trying this thing when we get a new follower i'm like going in and speaking to them and messaging them because i want to be more i think my problem with social media is i'm feeling really disconnected from everyone and people like have conversations and I know I want to get to know people so always come and say hi and that's it and if you've got anything you want to discuss you're always welcome to email me also Tammy said that the second podcast episode was going to be much shorter than the first and I'm really sorry that that didn't happen (laughs) it is still shorter it is it's still yeah it is still shorter okay For like a minute <laughs> I know by about 20 <laughs> okay fine 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 the, that first one though was was pretty it was like a war and peace long podcast episode wasn't it 
It's always interesting because every story needs to take the time that it needs to take. And some are done and dusted in like 25, 30 minutes and others go on for like over an hour. And I just, these are, this is why it's important to hold this space though, because every business is different and every business individual is different. And it's important that the space flexes to accommodate the different stories because otherwise there might be someone out there who's like, hey, I want to know more about what you do, but I don't want to keep you tied to a time which is why it's like a nice loose kind of bit loosey-goosey with the time scales (laughs) you should have had a sign you can hold it up and be like stop talking or like move on from your point Emma and then we could have probably gotten through things without me babbling on so much well and also these are edited so to be honest I could just record it all and then say hey can we just like chop out a good 45 minutes chop out all of that we're good can you just mute everything that Emma says every third <laughs> breath? Like at the end of the third sentence. <laughs> she said everything she needed to say in the first five minutes. Get rid of everything else. If anyone's listening and goes back and it's like, which, where, where did they chop it? Where did Emma only say three sentence worth? Like, huh? <laughs> You'll never know the power of editing. Perfect. Thank you so, so much for joining me and the listeners and sharing your story with us today. It really has been wonderful. I'm exhausted, but it's been fantastic. What every podcast guest wants to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's just like a really hefty episode along with another real high energy one. And I love it and I live for it. But I'm very similar to you that once my energy, like I am an introvert, and once my energy has kind of been spent in the best way possible, I need to go sit in the bath and quiet for like 10 minutes. I know like in your diary you probably felt like Emma podcast two hours Monday Tuesday whole day off for myself (laughs) (laughs) phone off no one speaking to me that's it to be fair I recorded um I actually interviewed another guest this morning as well so this is now my four and a half nearly fifth hour of solid talking which is why my voice is beginning to go so um yeah I'm gonna wrap it up So yes, thank you for joining us. All of the links for Emma's links and also for the Brand Lounge links will all be in the show notes. So be sure to go and have a look over there. If you missed the last episode, I really do recommend that you go and have a listen. It's a really, really good conversation all around women and yeah, just all that good stuff. So go and have a listen to that. And if you're enjoying this show, could you please just pop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review because it really does help us to bring these new guests and new episodes every week and until next time head over to our instagram community with the links in the show notes and we can continue all of these conversations in the brand lounge